you're just joining us, we are actually in the final week of our current teaching series uh, that we're calling Just Saying. And some of you that are visiting for the first time, you're asking, well, what does that mean? What are you talking about? Well, we've been looking at the power of our words every week. And so each week we've been taking a different topic um, from the scripture. And here's kind of the, the deal. This is what kind of led us to, to go this route for the last few weeks. There's a lot of sins in the world that pretty much everybody in the world or in this room would agree is a sin. It's wrong, like murder and stealing and stuff like that. But then there's these little sins. We call them little sins, but most of them have to do with our words. And we kind of treat them like they're almost necessary. We treat them like uh, they're not that big a deal. But God actually says something different about that. And so we've actually been looking at that. And so we've looked at a few different things. We looked at... uh, how some people complain all the time. We looked at criticism. We looked at lying and different things. And so today, at the close of this series, this topic's a little difficult. It's a difficult one to talk about. Um, So what I'd like you to do is just turn to the person next to you and say, this one's for you. (laughs) And then if you've got any juicy gossip to share, you have about five seconds to do that because when I'm done talking, you're probably not going to want to talk about anything for a while. (laughs) Our subject today is gossip. And uh, if you don't like the message today or you disagree with it, you can go ahead and gossip about me later. I know some of you do. That's fine. But I just hope that God will use today's message to speak to your heart because this is an issue that pretty much everybody in this room struggles with, and we're going to talk about it. Um, So let's just start this way. How many of you in the room would admit by show of hands that you've been gossiped about? Okay, it hurts, right? It stings. It's painful. Um, You know, it, it actually happens a lot in my line of work, probably weekly. Um, you know, I was prepping for this message this week, and as I do a lot of time when I'm preparing to do a message, um, I have to get out of the office, because my office all week long is kind of a revolving door, and people are coming in and out all the time, which I love, and it's a great thing, but sometimes to really focus in and zero in on the word and prepare for the sermon on the weekend, I have to go away and go to a coffee shop to work on it, because I can focus more, because people aren't coming in and out all the time, so I usually take a few hours to do that, and so I go in, and I'm sitting there working on my message, And this scene starts to unfold before me. So these two young ladies walk in. They're probably about 20 years old. And they go up and they order their iced lattes and their pastries. And they go sit down and they open up their their matching laptops and they put them across from each other. And they're doing a little study session. And so the barista comes out and she delivers the pastries and the iced lattes. And no joke, this girl, when it arrives, says, OMG. And then she gets all excited. She pulls out her phone and she starts trying to take a picture of this study session display on the table. And then she gets a little into it. So she moves her latte up here, her pastry over here. She adjusts the straw, makes sure the paper's off it. Um, She turns the fork over on the pastry plate because I guess that looks more attractive. And then she takes her clutch and she puts it right up here. And some of you ladies are impressed. I know what a clutch is. And some of you guys are disturbed, and you probably should be. But so she's setting, she's setting it up just right so that it looks perfect. And then she starts to get frustrated that she can't get this Instagram-worthy photo to share with the whole world. And so no joke, eventually she does this. Okay, I know what to do. You guys, we're in a coffee shop. And she's like, she gets the picture, and she says, perfect. And then she sits down, and she proceeds to post it. And I'm sitting there this whole time watching this unfold, and I'm thinking to myself, this girl's ridiculous. And I'm thinking to myself, how self-absorbed do you have to be 
to spend that much time getting a perfect photo to throw out there because, you know, two minutes later, the drink was drank dry. The pastry looked like a dog got through with it. Um, it was not Instagram worthy at that point. And, you know, when I'm doing that kind of thing, I do it sometimes, but I might get like this high, just take a quick photo because I'm like hashtag real life, hashtag no filter. And so that's the way I do it. But I was just sitting there kind of judging her. And so you know, I know that's a little silly story, but, but here's the question I want to ask, and the question that it made me ask. Why was I sitting there in the coffee shop so enthralled by what was transpiring at this other table? Why did I have such a huge desire to come share it with you? And why did so many of you love hearing every detail of it? Because I don't know this girl, and neither do you. And I think this begs the quest question, why is it? And I think it's because we love gossip. We do. We love gossip. And, and here's the thing. The, the problem with complaining all the time and criticizing and gossip and lying and making excuses and all the different stuff we talked about over the last few weeks, the problem isn't really our words that come out of our mouth, because I know that's what we've been talking about. The problem is that those words reflect something that's going on on the inside of us, which is a brokenness. And there's something broken inside of us that causes us to engage in these sins with our words. And that's the problem. Because Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's not just the words that we're choosing to say. The words are actually a reflection of what's going on in our hearts when the words come out of our mouth. And we've been talking about how words have the power to bring life and they have the power to bring death. But really, if we look at the root, it's something going on inside of us. And so in that situation... What's really happening there, and the reason that I love telling that story, and the reason you love hearing that story is because, oh, I would never do that. In fact, that's ridiculous that someone would actually do that. And I'm going to step above that so I can look down at that person because that's just not something I would ever do. And that's the problem with gossip sometimes, especially um, if I can talk about somebody else's problems to my friend. If I can talk about somebody else's problems on social media, then I don't have to talk about my own issues. And that's really what's going on there. Um, a lot of times, let me go this way. Some of you that sit in church, because I saw this happen last week, and the pastor says something. Pastor Matt was talking last week, so I was sitting in the back watching. And uh, so some of you, so the pastor will say something, and then you go to the person next to you, and you go like this. Instead of owning your own stuff. And if you can talk about their stuff that they need to work on, then you don't have to address your own issues. And that's the issue. Um, that's what we're doing. So if you can talk about somebody else's obsession or somebody else's addiction or somebody else's marriage problems, um, then I don't have to talk about my own issues. And that's part of, part of the concern. If I can push somebody else down, then I can step up over them just a little bit to make myself feel a little better. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And again, I know that's kind of a silly little story that I told, but in our culture today, the truth is gossip just doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Um, it seems like almost a necessary part of getting through the workday. It seems like almost a necessary part of just hanging out and eating dinner with friends. It's just what comes out of our mouth all the time. And because um, you hear these phrases, hey, I'm not supposed to tell anybody this, but, and if you preface anything with I'm not supposed to tell anybody this, but, you probably shouldn't. But we do it all the time. And you hear phrases like, hey, wait until you hear what everybody said. And, hey, wait until you hear what I saw the other day. And all these things that come out of our mouths, it's not that big a deal, right? I mean, everybody does it. Don't believe me? There's a study from the University of Nevada that just came out recently. And they discovered that the average person, the average person, 95% of the time when someone offends us, 
we won't go resolve it with the source. 95% of the time, we will go tell 8 to 16 different people instead of going to the person that offended us. And that's not God's way. It's not God's way. So what we have to do before we go deeper is we have to try to define what gossip is before we talk about it. So I looked up several definitions um, for gossip. I thought one of the most practical ones, it's not a literal definition, but it's a very practical one, was uh, what another pastor said. And he said this. It's on your notes. He said, when we're talking about a situation with somebody who's neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we're probably gossiping. It's an interesting perspective. When we're talking about something with somebody who's not part of the solution or part of the problem, we're probably gossiping about those people. So not that big a deal, right? Well, let's see what God says about it. Proverbs 6, verse 16. And then we're going to look at verse 19. Verse 16 says, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. He just doesn't like them. It's saying God actually has seven things that he absolutely despises. It's a pretty short list, really. Um, and so then there's this list of things that God cannot stand, and it goes through it. And then in verse 19, it says God despises a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So that means God cannot stand. He detests gossiping. And so I have to ask myself when I looked at that, why did gossip, this thing that we all do, this thing that seems like such a little thing, why did it actually make this short list of things that the Bible says God actually hates, these things God detests? And I thought of two possible answers, and I'm going to tell you one now, and then I'll get to another one in a minute. But one of the reasons I think he might hate gossip so much is this. Um, in my line of work, it happens a lot, so I've come to the place where it really doesn't phase me that much because it happens almost weekly when I hear something that's been said about me. So it, I just kind of push it aside and don't let it bother me. But if you gossip about my wife, <laughs> that's different. That's fighting words. Um, and if you say something negative about one of my kids, I get pretty mad. I get pretty mad. And I think that might be the reason God detests it. Because when you're talking about somebody else behind their back, who are you actually talking about? One of God's children. One of God's kids. So, of course, he hates it because, man, we all hate it when people badmouth our kids. Um, that might be the reason it's so offensive to him. But what's odd, though, is even though this is incredibly, incredibly wrong and hurtful, there's also something that's almost sickeningly enjoyable about gossip. Look what it says in Proverbs 18.8. It says, the words of a gossip are like what? Help me out. Choice morsels. They go down into the inmost part. So for me, when I'm thinking about choice morsels, the first thing that comes to mind immediately is peanut M&Ms. And so if I had a bag of peanut M&Ms up here and I opened it, I could not eat it. Because if I ate one, then I'd be eating it for the next 20 minutes right in front of you and we wouldn't get anything done. So that's like a choice morsel. And that's really exactly like what gossip is. That's what it's describing it to be. So gossip, it's, hey, what did they say? What did she do? Tell me more. Give me the details. Tell me what happened. And it becomes this choice morsel that starts to get down inside of us, and it starts over here as one thing, and it ends up as something completely different. You've heard of the game of telephone, where you whisper something in someone's ear, and then you whisper it down the line, and by the time you get to the last person, it's nothing like what the first person said. It's completely twisted, and that's what happens with gossip. But there's something that some of us would actually say is actually enjoyable about gossip, and that's kind of sick. 
Um, so for the last few weeks when we've talked about lying and criticism and all these different little things with our words, we've been trying to find the root. What's the root? If we can pull it out by the root, we can, we can heal from it. We can restore it. And so I went this week and I asked some different people in my life, when you gossip, why do you do it? Why do you gossip? And I asked myself that question too. Why, why have you gossiped when you have? And, and some of the answers are interesting. One person said, if I'm being honest, sharing gossip makes me feel kind of important. It's like I've got the power in the situation and all of a sudden I feel like I'm above everybody else. Somebody else said, when I'm hearing gossip, it makes me feel better about myself because there's something great when someone else looks bad and it makes me feel better. One lady said, honestly, I think I've got such a boring and dull life that hearing something juicy on someone else is very entertaining. And the bottom line is every single reason that was given to me and every reason I came up with on my own, I looked at them all and there wasn't one good reason to gossip. Not one. I couldn't find one. In fact, every reason that I might do it or that you might do it, when I looked at it, it really was more of an of a accurate reflection of some darkness that's going on in our own hearts when we do it. It really wasn't a reason that, that was valid at all. And uh, as followers of Jesus, you know, we believe that God is calling us to live at a higher place in our culture and not do what everybody else is doing. And we say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again. Just because everybody else is doing it does not mean it's okay. Um, just because it feels right doesn't mean it's okay. Even when the majority is doing something doesn't necessarily mean it's right. In fact, you can look through scripture and find that often it was the minority that was the one doing what God asked them to do. And, and I think that's true today as well. So the next question, though, is how do we overcome gossip? Because most of us do it. So how do we overcome it? How do we stop doing it? And, and that's the practical question that we need to get to. And so what I did is I looked at every verse in the Bible that I could find anywhere even close to this subject, and I pulled them apart. And there's a lot of subject on this, this, passage, this, this topic. And so what I did is I broke it into three specific questions that if when you're in a conversation, if you'll ask these three questions, you'll probably be okay. So these are important. So write these down if you're taking notes. Um, so blah, 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 when you're talking to somebody, and the first question we're going to ask is this. Is my conversation right now helpful or hurtful? The words coming out of my mouth, the conversation I'm having right now, is it helpful or is it hurtful? In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, there's a guy named Saul who actually said the most hurtful, destructive things about Christians in all of history probably. And, and then later he became a follower of Jesus. And so now watch how Saul, who's now Paul's tone, completely changes. He says, do not let any, what? Unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is what? Helpful for building others up. So he's saying, don't let any unhelpful or unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. So you ask that question, is my conversation right now helpful or is it hurtful? Because if it's the latter, I need to stop right now and change the conversation according to God's word. Uh, Proverbs 16, verse 27 Solomon, who's called one of the wisest men who ever lived, he said, scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. Your words can burn lives. They're powerful. He goes on to say, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. And what does a gossip do? Separates the best of friends. I don't want to be responsible for that. So you ask the question, is my conversation helpful or hurtful? And so 
what I want to do is I want us to be really, really honest. Just be honest. In, in fact, that's what I did as I just kind of looked at this this week at my life. And as a pastor, I've got to tell you, I can't afford to be a gossip. Because one of the God-given roles that I've been given is to carry people's confidences when they share intimate details about their life. I cannot afford to share those with the wrong people. It's not okay. And I need to have the reputation of someone who keeps confidences and that people can talk to and not think it's going to be spread all over. And so I can't afford to be a gossip. But at the same time, and I'm not proud to say this, I had to look honestly at my past and at certain conversations I've had over the, the, the years. And there were times where I can kind of see where I almost justified it as not gossip, but it really was. And I think we all do this sometimes. And so, in other words, what I would do sometimes in the past is I would actually do what I call a compliment sandwich. And a compliment sandwich is where you say something nice about somebody, and then you say what you really want to say, and then you say something nice about them because then it doesn't seem so bad. Still just as bad. And so, you know, a lot of times people will ask me about another pastor in town and things like that. And so I'll say some, I would say something like, you know, well, uh, I really like him. I met him one time. He seems like an amazing pastor. I don't really love the way he teaches this, and I don't like the way he doesn't spend very much time with his congregation, but he's an amazing pastor. You see that? I sandwiched it so it's like okay, but it's still not. It's the same exact thing. Um, compliment, gossip, compliment. And many of you do that. Um, hey, Jared, what do you think about so-and-so in, in your church? Oh, man, she's really growing in her faith and becoming an awesome woman of God. You know, I don't really trust her. I wouldn't let my kids around her. I don't really want to be in the same state as her, but she's awesome. You know, like, you can't do that. That's not, that's not, and I, I'm exaggerating to make a point, but compliment, gossip, compliment, it's not helpful. And so we need to be honest about the types of conversations that we're having. And then if you want to take it to just a whole nother level of honesty, do you know where some of the worst gossip actually occurs in the churches? At prayer time. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, does anybody have any prayer requests? Who should we pray for tonight? And then there's always somebody that wants to volunteer with names. Well, let me tell you, sister. I drove by so-and-so's house last night, and his car was there, and it was still there at 3 a.m. because I went back again. And when I went back at 7 a.m., it was there still, and they are doing something that is disgusting unto the Lord. And we need to pray for them because this is not okay. That's gossip. That's not a prayer request. And sometimes people use prayer time as the excuse to throw out all the dirt on the people that are in their neighborhood or this or that. That's unacceptable and it must never happen here, okay? God knows the intimate details of our prayer requests and those in the lives around us. We don't have to share all the juicy details because we like to talk drama. We don't have to do that. It's real quiet. That happens a lot here. Right? But we have to be on it. But because well, but, some people would say, but it's true. It's true. Her car was there. It's true. This is one of the things that's been twisted in the church more than any other concept. The line of delineation with whether you should share something about somebody or not is not whether it's true or false. It's whether it's helpful or unhelpful. It's whether it's helpful or hurtful. Here's something that, that everybody needs to walk out with. As a Christian, everything you say should be true. But everything that's true does not need to be said. <laughs> that's the difference. And some people think, well, it's true, so I didn't say anything wrong. But it was hurtful. It didn't help anything. And it caused drama. So everything that's true doesn't need to be said. And that's some hashtag good preaching. So...
I just, I want my words to lift others up and not tear them down. That's, that's the kind of person I want to be. So you ask the question, is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Okay, the next question we're going to ask is this. Am I making private matters public? Am I making something that should have been kept in confidence public for others to hear that's none of their business? Okay, so Proverbs 11, verse 12, Solomon again, he says this. It's foolish to be little one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps his big fat mouth shut. That's the new Jared version at the end. But a gossip does what? Goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. So a gossip goes around telling secrets, but one who is trustworthy can keep a confidence. Am I making private matters public? I'll give you an example, and this is, this is a really heavy example, but I need us to understand the magnitude of our words, okay? So in a previous church that I was serving at, there was an incident where um, one of the guys in the church made a, a really big mistake, okay? Like a, one of those mistakes that a lot of people would say, oh, there's no coming back from that. Um, psh, it's over for him, all this kind of stuff. Everything in his life's going to fall apart. There's no way out of it. We don't believe that here, in case you haven't heard that before. We believe that God is a God who can take the most messy of situations and make miracles out of it. We believe that God is the master at restoring that which is broken, no matter how broken it is, and we're not to give up, okay? So, that said, we walked with him, and we loved on him, and we invested in him, and we spent a lot of time with him, and we prayed, and we worked with him, and he came clean, and he owned everything, and he confessed everything, and restoration began to take place, and healing began to take place inside this man, and he was becoming a new man, and he was more fired up about the things of God that anyone had ever seen him, and the relationships that he had broken by the decisions he made were being restored, and there was healing happening there like you wouldn't believe, true healing. So this is something he wanted to do. We didn't make him do this, but it's a good thing to do. Because like we talked about a couple weeks ago, you can confess to God and, of course, receive forgiveness, but you really do need to confess to some kind of form of people in order to heal because secrets don't allow you to heal. So you have to let those things out to the appropriate trustworthy people. So he wanted to share it with a small group, which was a close group of his friends. And so I went with him as support, and he shared it. He shared this incident. Um, there was more healing. There was more restoration. Um, there was healing between him and his wife. It was an incredible scene. The group prayed over him. They loved on him. They supported him. They walked with him. It was a picture of exactly how it's supposed to be done according to God's word. One woman in the group, even though we said do not take this outside of the group under any circumstance, shared it with one other woman outside the group just because she wanted her to pray with her for this person. That woman put it on Facebook. The relationships that had received so much healing and restoration that were almost whole again, I'm not making this up, started to fall apart. They're humiliated now. They can't go out in public now. They feel like they can't return to the church. And that situation ended in a divorce. And it was on the mend, guys. It was on the mend. And, you know, a lot of people would stand up here and tell you that, well, it was his choice. He made the decisions, and 
you know, it was his original sin that caused the whole thing. And there's some truth to that. But that wasn't the kicker. And when I analyzed the situation and I kind of did an autopsy of the whole thing, it was on the mend. The biblical way had been carried out and there was healing and relationships were being healed. It was the gossip that took it down. It was the gossip that stopped the progress and sent it into a spiral. And I don't tell you that to like ruin your day and make you feel all down, because yes, it's a tragic story. I tell you that to emphasize how powerful your words are and how your words in this area literally have the power to destroy somebody else's life if you don't do it biblically. It's that important. It's so, so critical. And I'm telling you, especially in our social media world today, (laughs) there are things that you would never in a million years sit down with 300 friends and share, but you'll put it out on Facebook for 500 to see. That's not their business. Um, it's, it's a dangerous world, and uh, it, it can bring destruction. And sometimes people say things like, well, they sent it to me in a text message, so what's the big deal about me sharing it? Because it was only to you. <laughs> That's a form of gossip. It's a form of gossip. And so, so we have to ask, am I making private matters public? And I'm not going to be a part of that personally, and there's two reasons I'm not going to be a part of that. Number one, the reason I'm not going to do that is because I want to protect people. I love people. I care about the people that talk to me. I want to protect them, and I will. And the second reason sounds a little selfish, but it's true. I also want to protect myself. I want to have the reputation that I can keep a confidence. I want to have the reputation that I am a trustworthy man of integrity that you can share anything with and know that I'm not going to gossip about you. I want to have that reputation. So it's to protect myself as well. Um, Proverbs 25 Verses 9 and 10. When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Because otherwise, others may what? Accuse you of gossip and you'll never regain your good reputation. Betraying somebody's confidence is one of the number one ways that it's the most difficult for, some, for you to rebuild your reputation with somebody. To reestablish trust. It's so difficult. So those two questions, is my conversation helpful or hurtful, and am I making private matters public? Now, if some of you felt like I got up in your business on those last two and stepped on your toes a little bit, kind of drove up in your driveway, now I'm going to open the front door, come in your kitchen, and make myself a sandwich. (laughs) We're an equal opportunity offender, and (laughs) this one's going to hit probably all of us because this is the one that none of us can really get away from, and we need to fix this because it's a mistake. So here's the third question. Am I permitting others to gossip? Am I permitting others to gossip? Proverbs 17.4 says this, wrongdoers. Everybody say wrongdoers. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Did you know that? It's not just because some people say, well, I wasn't the one talking. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not to listen to gossip. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. They They pay close attention to slander. In other words, not only is it wrong to speak gossip, it's also wrong to listen to gossip. Why? Because what you permit, you promote. If you allow it, you promote it. What you permit, you promote. If you listen to it, you're promoting it. If you listen to it, you're participating in it. If you listen to it, you are, in a way, facilitating it. 
and allowing it to continue to happen. What you permit is what you promote. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. So if somebody says, hey, I've got to tell you this, or, oh, you're not going to believe this, or have you heard? What we're going to do is we're going to draw a line in the sand, and we're going to say, no, I'm sorry. We're not going there. I'm not going to allow you to do that. I don't want to listen to that conversation. That's the biblical approach. That's what God would say. I'm not going to listen to you talk about somebody else in that way. Because if I permit it, I'm promoting it. And besides, from a very practical standpoint, guys, don't miss this. If someone's willing to gossip to you, what else are they willing to do? Gossip about you. And I see it constantly. It happens almost every time. We're not going to hang around that kind of behavior. So do you mind if I get real practical for a minute? Because, you know, so, okay, we're not supposed to listen to it, right? So how do we not listen to it? Aren't we going to be rude if we cut people off and don't let them talk about people? And, you know, I usually just stand there and nod my head, but don't, you know, like, well, that's agreeing with it. So you can't do that. Um, so there's really three roads. There's three choices that you can take, okay? So we're going to find out which of you will take one of these three choices, okay? So here's the deal. If you want to be really loving in it, that's one choice, okay? You could choose to be loving when somebody starts to gossip to you. Another choice is you could be direct, you could be direct with them. And then there's another one where you could have an attitude about it. And none of these three are necessarily wrong, okay? But everybody needs to know which approach they're going to take when somebody starts to gossip to you so you can draw a line in the sand. So just by show of hands, none of these are wrong, but who, who are the ones that want to do it in a loving way? Not a lot of loving people here, okay? <laughs> Surprised by that. Uh, how many want to do it direct? Be direct, Okay. And then how many want to do it with attitude? Just, you know, show some attitude. All right. So here's the deal. If you want to be really loving, that's one choice. So here's what you would say. You could say something like, hey, you know, if they heard us talking about them behind their back, they probably wouldn't appreciate it. And they're a good friend to us, and so we want to be a good friend to them, so let's not do that to them. Right? That's pretty loving. That's a soft way to approach it. Um, another soft approach would just be to say something like, Hey, have you, have you had a chance to talk to them about this? Because that's really about them, not me. Like, have you had a chance to talk to them about it? That's a good way to draw a line in the sand. Because, you know, 98% of the time, they're going to say, uh, no, I haven't. And then, case closed. Subject changed. Right? By the way, where does this amazing question come from? Have you talked to so-and-so about this? Jesus. In Matthew 18, one of the least read passages apparently in all of scripture. <laughs> uh, Jesus in context is talking about believers that have a conflict with each other and he actually says these words. He says when you have an issue with somebody your job is to go directly to that person and not talk to a single other person about it until you've done that. And then it does say this though there's a second step just to throw this out there. Now if it's not resolved or they don't respond to that or that then you can take somebody else and take them with you. Okay, but number one, first step, you go to that person if you have an issue with them. You don't talk about them to anybody else. That's what Jesus said. Um, okay, so that's the loving way. There's a loving way to do it. If you want to be direct, which many of you wanted to be direct, um, when I was preparing for this message, I did some research, and there's one psychologist who actually said, you can actually stop gossip in its tracks with one question. And I wasn't going to read the whole article, but after that I had to because, like you, I want to know what's the one question that can stop gossip. So he says, the question is, why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? Because he said, 
when you ask somebody, why are you telling me this, it immediately causes them to pause and take a mental inventory of, why am I choosing to say this about that person right now? And most of them will stop in their tracks. So that's kind of a direct way to do it. Um, another, another option, if you want to be direct, is just to say something like, hey, listen, if you've got a problem with them, why don't you go talk to them? And if you want to throw a little more in there, say, because Jesus said in Matthew 18, and then throw some scripture in for a left hook. And then if you want to do it with attitude, if you want to do it with attitude, you've got to do it right. And I don't really have attitude. I, <laughs> I look stupid when I try to have attitude. So it's just not my thing. But some of you are very good at it. Um, and so I've observed you. And so the first thing you want to do if you have attitude is you've got to do this. you just got to start bobbing your head. I don't do it well. Right? And then you say, oh, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> if you keep talking like that, I'm not going to hang out with you. It's not with you, it's with you when it's attitude. So you got to do it that way. Because I'm not going to let you go there because that's gossip and I just don't need that. And by the way, if you're going to gossip about them, you're probably going to do it about me. So let's just stop the conversation right there. Some attitude. So some of you right now, you're thinking, okay, so Jared, that's kind of weird because it feels like what you're saying is we can never talk to other people about other people ever. And that's not what I'm saying. You can talk positive about people all day long behind their back. There's nothing wrong with that. You can brag and brag and brag. I do it all the time. And, and then some of you say, well, is there ever a situation where we can talk about somebody behind their back in order to help them, though? And I'm going to say yes. Absolutely, I believe it's true. But it's rare, and it's got to be done in a very specific way, and I'm going to explain that. So for me, I have two rules. You can make up your own rules, but the first rule for me is this. I will talk about somebody who is not there when, number one, I'm saying something constructive that I would also say in front of them. Okay? So if I would say something constructive to their face, and notice, I didn't say, say to because some of you were thinking, oh, yeah, to their face or something I'd like to say to her face. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something constructive, something constructive that I would say directly to them. The second thing is that everyone involved in the conversation that I'm having has to be there to help this person, okay, or I'm not having it. So if I'm having a conversation with this guy about how to help this guy, and I'm saying something very constructive that I would also say to him, but this person is not going to be helpful, I need to not have that conversation till later, okay? I need to get that person alone. Um, for example, there's somebody that has an addiction uh, problem, or someone's walking away from God, or somebody's cheating on their spouse, and you want to get somebody that's close to them that you know can help them better than you can, and you've already tried and it didn't work, fine, take them with you. I don't have any problem with that. I don't, I don't see any biblical basis not to do that. Um, for example, there's, if there's a guy who's you know, going to walk away from his wife, I'm going to go to him and say, no, this is not okay, and here's why. If it's still a problem, I'm going to get two of his buddies who I know are on track with God, and then I'm going to say, guys, look, we're men, we're warriors, we need to stop this, we need to stand in the way of this, and we're going to tell him in his face right now that you got to get through us to walk away from the one that you said you're going to be with through thick and thin. Okay? That is in love. But here's the, here's the trick. Here's the trick. In all of this kind of conversation that I'm talking about now, the conversation has to always be done in a loving and helpful way. It's always from a way where you're wanting to love and help the person because the bottom line is, and we have to embrace this truth, and if I was going to sum up 
this whole series, every message in, in one phrase, I would, I would do it like this. Your words matter. Your words matter. The words you speak are incredibly powerful and important. And, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. That's bull. That's not biblical and it's not true. Words have the power of life and death. They are not nothing. And, you know, and so Jesus said this in Matthew 12, verse 36. He says, I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For some of us, that's going to be a long meeting. He says, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, he's not talking about salvation here, just to throw that out there, because some of you might be confused on that. But your words matter. And so what we need to understand is our words have the power of life, and our words have the power of death. And so anytime, day or night, if you catch me speaking about somebody else, I want to be caught speaking of them well. And I want to be caught speaking things that are helpful and never hurtful. And I want to be caught believing the best about other people and never assuming the worst. I want to be the person who's part of the solution and building others up, never part of the problem and tearing them down. I want my words to be seasoned with salt and full of love and truth and grace, lifting people toward the things of God and always believing the best in them because it's in them. That's what I want my words to be. I want my words to be helpful and kind and always an encouragement and a blessing and never a curse. And ultimately, the truth is, I am to reflect the God that I serve while I'm here on this earth, which means my words are to reflect the words of Jesus. And if they're reflecting the opposite of that, I need to shift my words. And I want to tag one thing that Pastor Matthew said in his sermon last week, which is one of the excuses that we make sometimes for our words I think it applies to our words as well, which is, oh, that's just who I am. That's how I am. That's who I grew up. That's my personality. Change it then. <laughs> there are parts of you that are uniquely you, and they're always supposed to be you, and God put those in you. But if there are parts of you or your personality or how you communicate that are contrary to how God says we're supposed to, those aren't unchangeable things. Those are things we're supposed to work on, and, and we're supposed to be becoming more like Jesus every day. Um, so this is one of those topics where when, when most people say, well, it's just not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Um, it's not really hurting anybody. No, that's not true. Words are powerful. Words are powerful, and God calls us to a higher standard. And so when I'm caught speaking of others, I want to be caught speaking life and not speaking death. So, Father, I pray today. that the power of your living word that we see all the time how it transforms lives God would change our hearts and that we would just be open God that we would just be open to what you would have us do in our lives and in our hearts and God my biggest prayer today is just that as we walk out of here our conversations would be different because we're in your presence and that our conversations would be different because we've heard your word.